0: Voice Talks, presented by Google Assistant, is happening each month. You'll hear from industry experts, voice-first influencers, and platform creators each month for a deep dive into our rapidly evolving voice industry. Plus, get your questions answered and a chance to win prizes. Hosted by Sophia Altuna, one of Google Assistant's top industry experts and a leader on the Global Product Partnerships team, we encourage you to register for this free event and join us at voicesummit.ai slash talks. That's voicesummit.ai slash talks. We can't wait to see you there. Katherine Prescott went to Harvard and worked in the hedge fund world for a long time. She talks about her journey into voice, why she chose to focus on Amazon Alexa, how she's building a community of consumers wanting to learn more about voice, what trends and questions she's getting from her community about voice, why she's also a lover of smart homes and some of her favorite Alexa skills right now. Hi, Inside Voice podcast listeners. This is your host, Carrie Roberts. And today my guest is Katherine Prescott. She's the founder of Voice Brew. Welcome, Katherine. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Carrie. Now, you went to Harvard and you worked in the hedge fund world for quite a long time. How and why did you get into voice technology and do you think your prior education and background helped you in this space? So I left the finance world after about a decade because I always wanted to do something entrepreneurial and I started poking around the voice space at the end of 2018. So I had an Echo set up in my kitchen, which of course I loved using and um, you know, as kind of an outsider, I was just sort of following various you know voice industry folks on Twitter, reading Voicebot, listening to podcasts, including this one, which is one reason it's really exciting to be here as a guest. And the more I learned about the voice space, the more I just fell in love with you know just the whole concept as voice as a key interface for technology. It just really kind of feels inevitable that one day talking to our technology will be one of, or maybe the main way of interacting with it. I think it already is one of the main ways of interacting with it. And you hear a lot of people in the voice space sort of say something like that. You kind of like catch the bug in a way. And I was also seeing a lot of the big, you know, smart tech companies like Amazon, Google, Facebook, even, you know, Apple and others jockeying in the space and you know, making big investments. And of course, the adoption numbers and the adoption curve were very impressive. So adding that all up, I, I kind of thought to myself, okay, a rising tide lifts all boats. And I want my boat to be in an industry like voice where I think the tide is going to rise. And so, you know, I also felt like it was kind of early enough that I could actually add something new to the voice ecosystem that hadn't already been done and that could truly kind of add some real value. And so that's really kind of how I made this kind of surprising, unexpected kind of jump from the hedge fund world into the voice space. Well, I love that. And thank you for having been a listener of this show. As we were talking about earlier, you know, we, we hear people's names, we see people's content, and it's so wonderful to actually connect in a conversation. And a lot of people coming into voice you know, do not have a tech background. And so I always find that incredibly fascinating. And voice technology has been around for a while now. And it's seen adoption, but really not in a massive way just yet, in my opinion. And as we're recording this in April of 2020, during the time of the COVID-19 pandemic, we're now seeing voice actually being used to help healthcare systems. And we're gonna continue to see voice be used in the long-term due to the current situation. What long-term cases do you see coming up based on this current situation? So that's a great question, Carrie, And of course, a very timely question as well. So in the wake of the pandemic, I think you're going to see a major uptick in the adoption of touchless technology and I think that the adoption of voice tech outside of the home in more public spaces will be a big part of this. So just a quick anecdote. I have a friend who works for a big New York City law firm and they just moved into this big fancy new office space that's, you know, supposedly super high tech. And he told me the other day that everything is opened by fingerprint. So the turnstiles that let you into the elevator bank, the doors to get into the office, you know, once you get to the right floor, the conference rooms, everything. And all of that is, of course, going to be redone. Because what crazy person in Manhattan is going to want to put their finger down on something that's been touched by thousands of people over the course of you know, the last kind of day or even hours, nobody. So I think that soon in these types of office settings, I think you're going to start seeing things like voice activated elevators, voice authentication from companies like Pindrop to get into your office space. I think that's exciting. I think that's interesting. And it's such a sort of perfect use case for voice. And, um, you know, just going back to the original premise of your question, which was what you use cases for voice tech will we see as a result of this sort of collective experience that we're all dealing with with the coronavirus? I think there's another, of course, that's a great why now, but I think there's another why now, which is also important. And that's that smart speakers and voice assistants like Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri, they've now been around for a while now. And a lot of people They're already using their voice assistants, but even for people who don't have voice assistants or who don't want to use them for, you know, whatever, you know, reason, the idea of talking to technology, of using a voice assistant, it's not a foreign concept. So voice tech, it's now been featured in years of Super Bowl commercials. Everybody's probably got at least a friend or a distant cousin with a smart speaker at home. And I think that what this means is that maybe introducing a voice-activated elevator 10 years ago would have been very confusing. Today, I actually think that the introduction of that would be fairly seamless for people to say, elevator, take me to the ninth floor when they call for the elevator from the lobby. So this is something that I think is just, it will be very interesting to keep our eyes on. I think there's some really good examples. Anyway, we can make things a little bit more efficient and also decrease the spread of germs is of course something everybody would love. Now your company and blog, Voice Brew, has quite a following. Can you share with us what Voice Brew is and how many subscribers you have to your blog at this time? Absolutely. So Voice Brew is the newsletter for Alexa enthusiasts. And our mission is simple, to help people get more out of Alexa. I launched VoiceBrew a little over a year ago, and it's scaled to over 45,000 Alexa enthusiast email subscribers since then. We also publish comprehensive guides on VoiceBrew.com on different features and use cases. So things like routines, setting up smart lights with Alexa, you know, settings that you want to update and we also have a companion flash briefing for the newsletter. Well, congratulations to you. That 45000 is nothing to blink an eye at. That's pretty amazing. Are you able to share with us kind of how you were able to grow that following so quickly and in such a large scale? Yeah. I mean, there, I have tried you know so many different things. I would say what I am the most proud of and the most excited for for the future is Just the organic traffic that I've gotten to the various comprehensive guides that are featured on voicebrew.com. So, part of my hypothesis with launching Voicebrew and believing that I would be able to scale it, because of course, you know, it's great if you have a really good product, but if you don't have distribution for the product, in the end, it doesn't really matter. We all want to build impactful businesses, and that means having a great product and a great distribution strategy for that product. So when I launched VoiceBrew, part of my thinking was that there seemed to me that there was kind of a space to write comprehensive guides and content more broadly for just regular people. So of course, there are the CNETs of the world who do a really good job, you know, like the Tom's guides type media outlets who do a fantastic job writing feature guides, But I think that their audiences are a bit more technologically sophisticated. So I'm writing for people who are just not the super techie people who really need things to be laid out extremely clearly. And what's happened is that a number of my posts have become some of the top ranked posts on Google. So for example, if you search for Alexa routines, Voice Brew's Alexa routine guide is one of the top search results. And that is a query that a year ago, you know, there were some people who were searching for it, but today tons of people are setting up Alexa routines and searching for that. And so I've been able to sort of go after a bunch of these terms by writing really comprehensive user-friendly content for that. And then I capture people who come to the site, you know, I have a place to sign up for the newsletter and I guess, you know, it turns out a lot of people want to get more out of Alexa. And so they sign up for the newsletter. Well, again, congratulations to you. And, and to reiterate, which I think is something I know I personally talk about all the time is you really found a niche, you found a need, you really did your research to say, what does somebody want to know about this? What are they searching for? And then you're providing valuable content. So That takes a lot of hard work. So I do want to recognize that you've really done that and congratulate you. And again, you said about 45,000 subscribers. What are you noticing in terms of stats or feedback from your community, such as what questions they have or what they're using voice for, or maybe where they're frustrated and so forth? So since the start of, I guess we'll call it quarantine life, about a month ago, I have seen a major surge in subscriber engagement with my emails, which is has been really nice to see. And I think that what's happening is that people all over the country or all over the world are spending more time at home for the first time. And as part of this adjustment, they're forming new habits. And one of those habits is using their voice assistants a lot more because they're at home with their smart speakers and also in new ways. And I think that one of the things that means is that right now there's a real opportunity for all of us in the voice first community to engage more deeply with users. And just to switch to um, the second part of your question, you know, what are, what kind of questions am I getting? It really spans the gamut. Everything from how do I adjust the base on my Echo? I've been helping one subscriber who's extremely frustrated because she Can't figure out. She's having difficulty figuring out how to use the drop in feature on her echo in order to speak, to drop in on her daughter's echo so she can chat with her grandchildren. You know, there are people who have issues with using Alexa music alarms who want to set up extreme weather alerts. You know, there's been all kinds of crazy weather that's been happening around the country in recent weeks. I was emailing today with a subscriber in India who's dying to use the feature that lets you ask Alexa to remember things for you. But it's not available in India yet. And he's asking me if there's anything I can do to help push it along. It's really kind of almost anything you can think of. I'm actually getting so many questions emailed to me, and not surprisingly, a lot of duplicate questions, that I recently launched a chorus style Q&A forum as part of VoiceBrew's website where I recently just in the past week or so started posting and answering questions there so that when I have subscribers that are asking the same question instead of you know emailing everybody you know an answer I can kind of direct them to the relevant posts in the forum and my goal is that at some point VoiceBrew subscribers will post their questions directly to the forum And that in addition to me answering the questions that members of the Voice Brew community and maybe even the voice community more broadly will help to answer some of them. If you want to check out week one of the forum, it's located at voicebrew.com slash all hyphen questions. Yes, it's so interesting because I talk to a lot of voice tech companies and whether they're smaller companies, startups, agencies, you know, obviously they're selling to businesses. But it's interesting because I agree with a lot of what you're saying from the consumer standpoint. There are frustrations on smaller scales of like, it's not technically working. It's not in my country. It's not working how I want. And I always talk about how important it is for voice tech companies to address the consumer's questions because those consumers work at a lot of the places that they're trying to get contracts with. Yeah, I just think it's really interesting. And just to add on to that too... People think that voice technology is just supposed to be so intuitive to use, like you're just supposed to ask for something and that it's supposed to work. And oftentimes it does work, but the sort of average user of voice assistants hasn't figured that out yet. So they're not yet primed to just sort of say, Alexa, can I set up a music alarm or how do I set up a music alarm? They don't know how to set up a music alarm. And instead, you know, they email me, or maybe, po- you know, email Amazon customer service. So I think that's also interesting, too, is, you know, seeing how people aren't quite ready yet to just fully kind of test the waters with their voice assistants, if you will. Yeah. And I think this is an area, I love that you're bringing this to light that I think a lot of voice technology companies can start answering, you know, in their own content or use your forum, for example, as kind of ways to understand what's being needed or what's being asked to kind of help create better skills overall. If there are voice tech companies out there that are getting lots of questions that, you know, I should be anticipating, I would love to have them post those questions with answers. You know, along in the forum so that I can then take those answers and use them when people inevitably ask those questions. Yes. Now you also have a passion for smart homes. Do you yourself have one? And what are some smart home devices you're loving right now that maybe people don't know so much about yet? So it's funny, people don't think of it this way, but technically anybody who has a smart speaker at home, they already have a smart home. You know, That is a smart home device. I'm a big fan of using your voice assistant with all of the, you know, fantastic smart home devices that are out there. And, you know, on that, everyone knows that smart lights and smart plugs are great. I agree with that. They're fantastic devices, especially when you're controlling them with your voice. But for me, the device that's been the most surprising on the upside is smart shades. I have them set up in my living room and in my bedroom. I have a routine That automatically closes my living room shades every afternoon just before the sun starts to sort of heat it up. And then at night in my bedroom, when I say, Alexa, it's bedtime, Alexa dims the smart lights that I have set up in my bedroom and also closes my bedroom shades. And that's really nice too. Before I had all these smart home devices set up, you know, my bedtime routine was to go around, turn off all the lights close my shades, you know, with a pulling them and it's just really, really nice to just say Alexa, it's bedtime and have all those things happen. So I definitely recommend smart shades as a kind of phase two smart home device once you've got the basics down. And I really like the Serena shades from Lutron, but any smart shades will work. Oh I like that. Yeah, that sounds really nice. Very calming to end Very your day. calming. Yes. Definitely. Now, you seem to focus a lot on Amazon Alexa versus other assistants. Why is that? Is there something you love about Alexa that you learned recently as well? That's another great question, Carrie. So I felt that in the early days that it was important for me to start out with a very narrow and clearly defined niche and target audience to go along with that niche. And I chose Alexa users. I felt that by picking one assistant, I could truly become an expert and create the best possible content on that assistant. You know, you know, Voice Brew, it's just me. And so, in order for me to do things really well, I need to stay very focused. So, all of that being said, I am definitely one of the people in our industry who believes in a world where people will use multiple assistants. So, what I mean by that is they'll use a different assistant depending on first, what they're looking to do. So do you want to play a game? Do you need to get information? Are you trying to buy something? Turn on a smart light, navigate somewhere. And then I think the second factor will be, where are you? Are you at home with a smart speaker? Are you on the go walking around with your phone or maybe with earbuds in your ear or driving around in the car? I think all of these factors will impact what assistant you want to use in that moment. I personally have both Echo and Google Nest speakers and smart displays in my home, and I use both Alexa and Google Assistant every day for slightly different things. At the right time, I will likely start covering other voice assistants alongside Alexa. It might be a personal preference for me, but I always love when people go a little more niche and really hone in and clarify one area and do well and then expand. So I think you're doing it really well. I mean, obviously the numbers, the people that talk about what you do definitely supports that. Are there any tips that you can give to users to make their Alexa experience better since you're in touch with a lot of the consumer side? The best tip that you know, many of the people listening to this might not have thought of is something I actually learned from a Voice Brew subscriber. Uh, so, for people who have multiple Echo devices in their homes, one of the biggest issues, and this would happen to me all the time, I would get complaints from subscribers all the time about this happening it's you say Alexa, but the wrong device wakes up. So, you think you're turning on music on the Echo show in your living room but instead it starts playing from the echo dot that's in your hallway. So what I did is, thanks to the suggestion from this subscriber, is I changed the wake word on these different devices so they're all different. So my living room echo show, the wake word is Alexa. The hallway wake word is computer. The bathroom nearby, the wake word is echo. And so now I can address each speaker with a different wake word so that I can do whatever I want to do on the speaker that I'm trying to do it on. And it's extremely easy to change the wake word. All you have to do is walk up to the vice, to the echo speaker that you want to change the wake word for and just say, Alexa, change the wake word. You'll be prompt to pick a new wake word and you're done. So for people with multiple echoes with an earshot of each other, I highly recommend doing this. Yeah, that is a really good tip. Also, if you don't want to keep saying Alexa or you have someone named Alexa in your home, uh, computer or Echo, I'm sure, is a much better option too. And I, I'm pretty sure most people that are the average consumer don't know that. So thank you for sharing that kind of easy tip that they can do at home. If people want to connect with you, if they want to learn more about you or Voice Brew, where is the best place to do that? Well, if you're an Alexa user, if you're interested in, in learning more about, you know, cool Alexa use cases... Sign up for our email newsletter. You can do so at voicebrew.com. That's voice, dot com. You'll get one awesome Alexa tip delivered to your inbox Monday through Thursday. You can also connect with me on Twitter. My handle is KB Prescott. And you know, find me on LinkedIn, Katherine Prescott. Perfect. Thank you so much, Katherine. And I, again, I congratulate you for. Really choosing a niche, really focusing in and providing value to your audience. So, thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Carrie. I really enjoyed our conversation, and thanks again for having me. Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, feel free to send us an email at, at modev.com. That's K-E-R-I at M-O-D-E-V dot com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you, and we look forward to chatting with you next week.